Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And today I'm really happy to bring you this topic. Um, I get a lot of a, a lot of publicists and people reaching out to to talk about their books and things. And so many have have approached me about the law of attraction and other other kinds of conversations about money and abundance. And I usually really aren't attracted to that conversation for several reasons. And for whatever reason, this one piqued my curiosity. And when I've cracked open this book, oh my gosh, I'm going to tell you it's full of ink. So I want to ask you a few questions. What, what would you do if you had the freedom, passion, resources, and resourcefulness to reach your full potential? What if your outer conditions, this is the one, that is really important about this book. What if your outer conditions do not determine your life? Derek Rydell encourages and empowers you to achieve your dreams from the inside out. No matter what your personal circumstances or challenges are, there are easy steps you can take right now to generate real world abundance in every area of your life. And we're not just talking money here. We're talking love and relationships and connections. So I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest, Derek Rydell is the best-selling author. He is, his diverse background includes training top executives at Fortune 500 companies in empowered leadership and communications and coaching celebrities and media professionals on creating consciousness entertainment. As a Huffington Post, I am just not even able to read this today. We've got so many distractions. I got the major thunderstorm outside and now sirens <laughs> and lightning hitting. And I apologize, Derek, but Derek is a Huffington Post contributor and he hosts his own emergence podcast. He shares cutting edge spiritual principles and success strategies to achieve financial freedom and abundance, master productivity and creativity and gain true wealth and happiness. So after that botched up introduction, welcome, Derek. Oh, thank you. It's just really an honor and a pleasure to be here. And I had a thought when you were reading and talking about, you know, that line that really had resonance for you about really knowing that it doesn't matter, no matter what your outer conditions are, you can create abundance, you can be connected to source, basically. And, and it's funny what you were saying with the, all the sounds outside, sirens and thunder and storms. And it's really the perfect metaphor because we've, we're all walking around with storms going on inside of us, sirens going off, alarm bells going off. And, and it, it's the same thing. It's how do we stay connected to our source, to our power, to our ability to be and create whatever we need 
to be fulfilled, no matter what storms or sirens are going off inside of us, not just outside of us, because really the outside is always on some level of reflection of the inside. So it's perfect. And yeah, yeah, and I would even invite any of the listeners as you're listening and any, if any of that is distracting to you, that you are setting the intention no matter what, or maybe in your own situation, you're feeling distracted right now, no matter what, you're going to get what you need out of this moment and more than you can imagine that you're going to get stronger in your ability to get connected to your source, your power, and your ability to create the life that you truly desire, no matter what is going on inside or outside of you. Mm, thank you for that, Derek. I, I agree and concur with that, that invitation to our listeners. Right before we went live, we had this major huge strike. And we all just kind of chuckled, but hopefully the technology will stay with us here. And, and all of the listeners, if you hear lightning, uh, or if you, you're not going to hear the lightning, you're going to hear the thunder Take a deep breath and and remember that message from Derek. It's really powerful. Derek, okay, so literally this book is inked up, and I have a funny story to tell you about the ink. Um, I traveled to from Nebraska to New York City to be with my daughter, and um, my highlighter on the airplane went out. I get to Chicago. I'm looking for another highlighter. I get these goofy little fun kids highlighters and um, they weren't working. And I got to my daughter's and on her desk, she had a bunch of pens and I literally grabbed this fluorescent pink one and I just start highlighting up the book and it's literally, it's inked up. I'm a, I'm a highlighter and a note taker. And um, she came home and I said, thank you. I've been borrowing your highlighter. I might have to buy you another one. And she just started laughing at me. And I'm like, what's the matter? She said, mom, it's a dry erase marker. (laughs) (laughs) So your book is filled with dry erase marker, but it didn't bleed through. And it's very, very pink. Derek, I have a traditional first question. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. Um, It was so funny. I wasn't even looking. It looks just like a highlighter. I have a traditional first question here on the show, and I would love to hear you respond to this as well, because I know it's, I'm going to get a a brilliant answer from your personal genius on it. So I like to set this conversation into the theme of our program. And so could you share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Well, the first thing that just drops in, and I know it sounds like a cliche, is actually that all things, yeah, that all things really aren't connected, that there really aren't any separate things, Mm -hmm. that there's really, truly only one. And that's like the ultimate level of purity. You realize there really isn't a subject and an object. There isn't an other And it also means to me that even in the physical, actually the subatomic level where there's just the atoms and all that, that there isn't any separation or even label between atoms. And we're all in a big soup of atoms. And so even at the physical, we're all connected and 
And then the other thing that comes into me is that, and this is quantum physics, quantum entanglement, that as we really connect with each other in that intimate place, it's like when two atoms connect, when once they separate, they're forever connected. And what one atom does, the other atom experiences. And that there's something about that that makes me feel that the way we get back to oneness, to having the visceral experience of oneness, is by having the courage to deeply connect with each other. And as that happens, eventually, we'll actually be able to manifest the experience, not just the concept of oneness, of connection. Mm. Thank you, Derek. And I, I just want to go back to that first piece, because I think it's so important in the context of um, conversation about your book, that really there is, everything's not connected, because it really is all source consciousness expressing as individuals here. And so I, I yes. really really, really appreciate your book. I'm not telling you, I've read and reviewed so many different books and, you know, we get stuck in the, um, I, one of my great mentors always talks about even new age guilt. And he even used some explicit, some, I'll just say naughty words sometimes when he talks about new age guilt. So do I, by the way. We, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. You know, we teach this law of attraction. We teach people, um, about affirmations and intentions and visualizations and the focus, it, you know, it really is off. And so I appreciate you really bringing that source consciousness in. And so let's just begin there just and be, talk just about... You, just before you jump into that, I just, because I'm really glad you asked that question about connection. It's really opening up. I can feel, I have an experience when the field opens up and all this energy is downloading. And mm -hmm. I think it's really, really important because in a very real way, as maybe we'll get into, what you're saying and the real proper understanding of what we mean by oneness and connection and is at the core of the abundance principle, which is, you know, the, the core principle of the book, The Abundance Project. And that is that, because what flashed in my mind was a tree and the branches aren't connected to the tree. They're extensions of it. And then the sun that the rays of the sun aren't connected to the sun, they're expressions or extensions of it. And that furthermore, those sun rays are not on their way to the sun. They're coming from it. The branches aren't on their way to the tree. They're coming from it. And, and then you said affirmations, and I have this thing I call affirmations. And it's the realization that you're not on your way to anything, more health, wealth, love, God, whatever. You are coming from it, like the ray of the sun or the branch of the tree. And so that when you get into that place, you're not doing an, aff an affirmation, like trying to get something, but you're actually getting that realization. And then it's really a prayer of expressing more of you, more of that. You're not praying for more abundance to attract it. You are praying from abundance to shine and circulate and release more of it into the world. And as you do that, then that's where it actually begins to manifest and show up. And that when Jesus said, when you pray, pray believing that you already have it, that you may receive it, 
that wasn't a metaphysical trick to attract it. It was a mystical truth that you already are it. But the only way more can show up in our lives is if we let more of our life show up. Mm. And, and that's what I say in emergence, whatever's missing is what you're not giving, what you're not bringing. And if you want something more to come into your life, you don't attract it. You have to let something more come out of you. So I just wanted to kind of anchor that because you really opened up a powerful aspect of this work. Yeah, well, let's anchor and then expand on that because I, I just want to stay right here. It's really important, Derek, when we talk about this source. Do you use this apple tree? And I have to tell you, I um, gave a presentation, I think it was two years ago, and I used an apple tree and I literally had this great floor to ceiling whiteboard and side to side the room. And I literally began to help people understand from an apple tree and a seed to an orchard. And we looked at this source and what was happening in cycles and seasons. And so I love the metaphor and the analogy of the apple tree. And I think it's really powerful what, how you speak it in the book. So let, let's say a little bit more about the apple tree, because um, I, after I read your book, I said to people, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? What comes first, the apple or the tree? And it was like, I was, I was quoting you and teaching from that, that place. And it's such a powerful metaphor. Can you speak more yes. about the apple and the, and the tree? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the basic, you know, the, the whole what's come first is the wrong question, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what the apple and the apple tree or all the, you know, you could say it's the sacred trinity. You have the seed, you have the tree, and you have the fruit. And the seed is like, you know, the, the oneness. Because in the seed, the whole tree... And all of its apples and all of its orchards and all of its apple pie, you know, all of that is already in that seed. And, and it's there in the field. It's already there. It's like Zen in the art of archery, where when you finally come into that place of oneness, you don't try to shoot the bow into the target. You have a moment where you are the bow, you are the arrow, and you are the target, because that's what's true. They're not really separate. And in that moment, you don't shoot, you don't release the arrow. The arrow releases itself. And it's because it's already in the target. And that's the space that we're really talking about. And that that quote about Jesus was, is when you really come down to that place where you realize it is already done, it's already here then what manifests looks like separate things, seed, tree, apple, whatever, you know, a person meeting another person and having love, you know, it all looks like separate things. And, but what it really is, is the emergence of that oneness into this dimension of polarity and multiplicity. And, And the problem with working at the level of attraction and all of that is that you're still at the level of that there's a seed, a tree, and an apple. And, yeah. and the seed would never, ever try to attract the tree to it. 
or, you know, attract apples. If the seed could pray or affirm, it wouldn't go, you know, I'm seeing the tree, I'm bringing in the apples, you know, whatever. It's really just rooted and, and really deeply rooted in that field of I am, which includes the seed and the apple and the tree. And that's the deepest mystical truth about what we're talking about. And the, what the book does is it shows you in a practical way, in a very doable way, in a way that your ego and emotions and all that can get their self around how to bring yourself back home again to that place, to that place where I am source, not yeah. I'm going to reach I'm not out to source. I'm not going to use source to attract something or get something. I am. And it's a field of and a vibration of wholeness and completeness. And in that place, truly, all things are possible and the full potential of you will emerge. Beautiful. And so coming from that place of the I am presencing and you you spoke a minute ago about allowing more of you to come forward. You do break this down into simple steps in the book. And it begins with this foundation that, that we're not broken, nothing is missing, and our true identity is this source wanting to express. Yes. So how do we take people who are, are not quite there yet and really help them to understand what you're calling forth here, that it, it begins with this connection with source. What are the first steps or um, maybe even just beliefs and acknowledgements? Because you talk a lot about um, you know, beliefs that create patterns and habits that are really off-center. So where do we begin with this idea that we are source and that we, number one, all that guilt, and you talk about clearing a lot of that, but um, this isn't about greed and selfishness. This is really about honoring the uh, who we really are and the gifts we have to bring. It's about, you talk about generosity, you talk about bringing forward these gifts. And, and so speak more about that piece of what's, what's <clears throat> the first piece for people? How, how can they really, really anchor this for themselves? Yeah, well, the good news is that in some very real way, you don't even have to believe in source or go through all these, you know, contortions to connect to source initially. I really broken it down in some practical ways to start just practicing. And and I talk about, you know, in the most simple state, for example, if you're in a situation, whether it's your job or you don't feel validated, respected, whatever, um, or a relationship where you don't feel loved or validated or respected <laughs> pretty comes down, pretty much always comes down to those core things <clears throat> that when you ask what's missing, the, the normal human reaction is either I need to go, you know, make them give it to me, the thing that's missing, you know, and it becomes like, you need to be more respectful of me or I need to um, resign myself that they're not going to give it to me. And those are kind of the two polarities we tend to go between. And what we have to realize is that when there's something missing, that's not a sign of something we have to go out and get. It's a sign of something we have to activate within ourselves and give to ourselves. And so the, on the most practical level, the first thing I tell people to do 
is let's just say I don't feel respected and validated or appreciated by my boss or this person is okay. Ask yourself if I truly respected, validated, appreciated myself, how would I treat myself? How would I hold myself today or in my job or when I come home? How would I show up? What would I do? What would I not do? What would I stop doing? What would I do different? And as you really contemplate that and give yourself permission to receive the guidance, you'll start to see that there are impulses in you. There are these areas where you haven't been honoring you. You haven't been giving that to yourself and you're projecting it out there and then trying to get it from out there. And you'll hear things like, I would have that hard conversation. I would, you know, take more time for myself. I'd, you know, give myself a massage. I would ask for a raise. There's something, there's a real need that you are having, but you don't really believe you can have it. And so we project it outside. And if you just ask that question and you're willing to practice and honor what comes up, what you'll start doing is activating what I call the inner divine power plant. It'll, the lights will start coming on again. You'll start generating a feeling and a vibration of more of that quality. And then as you start to fill up with it, now you can ask, not how can I get it, but looking for where can I give it? So first you have to give it to yourself. Then you have to give it away. And then the third step is, being on the lookout for where that quality is coming to you and going, how can I receive it? And it may not even come initially from the place you thought it should. You might find that the appreciation, the respect or whatever is coming from some other place and that you haven't actually been letting it in. And with those are the three stages. That's the law of circulation. You can't give what you don't have. You have to give it to yourself first. You can't keep what you don't give away. You have to circulate it, release it. And then finally, you cannot sustain what you don't receive. It's a, it's a cycle. It's a circuit. And like the breath, right? You can't just go around breathing out. You'll die very quickly. You can't just go around breathing in. You will not last. And if you breathe in and breathe out and you stop there, you can't go on without letting the air back in again. And the, the thing about the breath is we can't override that with our concepts and our stories and our excuses. It's so it's the most ever present fact. So, but what we can do is hide and, you know, trick ourselves in the other areas where the circuit has been broken. And a lot of what I do here is help people discover where are those broken circuits and what do they need to do to get the circulation going again? Because where there's no circulation, like a body of water, if there's no inlet or outlet, it becomes a swamp. It stagnates. And the environment around it starts to die. The animals don't come to drink anymore, and the whole ecosystem breaks down. But as soon as you open up those channels again, and there's circulation again, that swamp will turn back into an oasis. And in those areas where we're stuck stagnant, have lack, depression, anxiety, that's all signs of stagnation. And I show you how to identify what it is, how to open up those channels and get it circulating again. 
And this goes right back to what I said before. What's missing is what you're not giving, what you're not letting out of you. And when you start to circulate again, what you realize is that you really are the source. The only reason you haven't been able to feel it and experience it is because you're not circulating it mm-hmm. in the way that I'm describing. So that, and that's very practical. You can literally experience a practical demonstration of that as you, as you do it. So, so that's the first step or the first stage or the first level of how to begin practicing this um, in terms of you don't have to even believe, just start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great advice. Thank you for that. There's this book, The Abundance Project by Derek Rydell is full of simple exercises like that, very concrete and specific things to try. And then this really big message that where you're looking for the abundance isn't your source. These people aren't your source. The job isn't source. And so, um, and, and abundance in every area of our lives. So you are listening to the Dr. Julie show, all things connected. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, there'll be so much more on abundance and what can you do to shift into the manifestation that you deserve and desire in this world. We'll be right back. Meditation channel, nonstop meditation music, 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. My dad came to live with us last month, and you know, it's going pretty well. I feel like I never have time for myself. With him being around more, it really lets us catch up on things. His memory isn't what it used to be. We get up and we have coffee. He usually wakes up at 4.30. Then we go for a walk. He needs lots of my attention. I do need to keep an eye on his medications, though. That's important. Sometimes I feel like a pharmacist. I'd say John and the kids are adjusting pretty well. They honestly have no idea what I'm going through. It can be a little challenging. Help. But so far, so good. I could really use just a little help. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is you over 30 years ago. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And this is your mom when you drive her back from therapy. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Roles change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help. AARP gives you the information to help care for your mom so that you can have patience with her just like she did with you. 
visit aarp.org caregiving or call 1-877-333-5885 to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one. Are we there yet? Remember, visit aarp.org caregiving. AARP, we help you help. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I'm a volunteer at United Way. I'm asking people around the neighborhood what they think this place needs. Wi-Fi everywhere. More playgrounds. Oh, more ice cream trucks. I was thinking more money in the pockets of local families come tax time. Can I change my answer? I was just kidding about the ice cream. When it comes to getting better tax refunds into the hands of local families, what this place needs is you. To donate or volunteer, go to unitedway.org. Because great things happen when we live united. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You found Empower Radio. It's like sunshine for your soul. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. We're talking with Derek Rydell, the author of The Abundance Project, and you can find out more more about the book at theabundanceprojectbook.com and more about Derek at DerekRydell.com. That's R-Y-D-A-L-L.com, DerekRydell.com. And wealth and abundance is not something you can get or something you lack. It's something within you that you must circulate. We were just talking about that right before the break. And when you understand how to do this, you can generate all you need, no matter the circumstances and Derek, right before the break, you had you were talking about circulation, which reminded me of the the beautiful conversation in the book, a whole chapter, on that that others aren't our source; they're a channel. And I think that's yes. another one of those lessons that really helps shift people's consciousness of going, "Oh, they're not here to give it to me. I'm here, and they're they're instruments of our expression." Can you talk a little bit more about they're not the source, but they're the channel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's such a powerful, I mean, really, truly radical paradigm shift when you get it that nobody and nothing is your source, but everybody and everything is a potential channel. That it's always, always has to come from you, from your consciousness. Your consciousness is really, truly the source. And this has a lot of implications. One of them is, you know, a lot of people feel bad, feel guilty, uh, you know, if they have to ask for something or if somebody gives them something or if you're conscious or spiritual and you're in, you have a business or you do healing work or coaching, oh, I feel bad charging or, you know, whatever the situation. And it's, it is because on one level, we believe we're taking something from someone. And when you really understand this, you realize that's impossible. You can't take somebody else's good and nobody can take yours. But when you're really willing to see them as a channel and you're willing to ask 
that's what the, the real meaning in the Bible of ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. It's the other side of the abundance equation. It's what part of it is, yes, you have to generate. That's how you begin to pour more of you into the world. But then because we live in a world of multiplicity, the second half of that equation is you have to ask, seek, and knock. You have to, that is the, the key that opens up the channels of the world. And I use an analogy of, you know, imagine going to a friend's party and you walk up to the door and you can kind of see into the window and they're having fun and there's food and all kinds of abundance of goodness. And you're standing there and like, I really want to go in there. Why won't they let me in? Why is nobody coming and getting me? Why is nobody opening the door? And you stand there and you stand there and then you go, maybe there's something, maybe it's about me. You know, maybe there's just something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not enough. Or maybe you go, God, what's wrong with them? Why did I ever think that was my friend? And eventually you just give up and go home. Well, what was missing? You never knocked. And it's, a, it's, a, it's symbolic of why we are doing all of our work, doing all of our work, but we're not knocking. We're not asking. We're not opening up the channels of the world. And the other thing is when you do it from that place and you give an individual the opportunity to be a channel you start to realize that being a channel for someone feels the same and as good as, re as receiving, maybe even more so. And you give them the chance to become a bigger channel. When they're met, when you meet them in that space and then they recirculate that to you, whatever it is, love, you know, joy, generosity, whatever, you actually are giving them the gift of them being able to be a bigger giver and that makes their channel bigger, which means they're not only going to have more to give, but because they're now able to give more, they're now able to experience and receive more. They're not separate. And so that's, it's, it's not only not selfish to ask, it's selfish to not ask. And, mm -hmm. and that's really an important shift. And when, and when you do that, you turn a transactional relationship into a transformational one. Well, thank you. Transactional relationship. I, yeah, I love that. The transformation of that piece. And it's, talk a little bit more about this asking, because so often we get stuck in also asking source. So in the book, you give us examples to ask the boss, ask our spouse, ask our children, ask our neighbor, ask for what we need. And then there's this role of, of prayer, intention, affirmation, asking the source, knocking on the door with source. And for you, how does that, how does that look for you who practice right. this? What, what, what can you say to help our listeners? I'm really glad you asked that. I just had a really powerful kind of uh, download last night around this. Um, because there's two ways to, to answer that. On one hand, there's a level at which us asking source is an old paradigm, you know, the supplication, you know, the supplicant, we're supplicating, you know, um, and, it, and it has a sense of it being separate from us. And that's what children, that's the relationship of children to their parents. And that might be important for some people. The next level of maturing 
as an instrument of expressing source. Because remember, the sunbeam needs to be strong enough to express the sun. And so there is a stage of development that most of us really still need where we're strengthening our instrument so that more of source, more of the light can come through us. And in that stage, we have to actually depend on ourselves in a sense of doing the work I'm talking about, you know, uh, building the inner vibrational match, having the courage to ask those kind of questions I was saying. If, if I knew I was loved and supported, what would I do? How would I show up? And that shows us all the edges of where we're afraid to actually give ourselves what we need. And as you're willing to cross those thresholds, you strengthen that channel. And now it's able to carry more of that energy. And, and you keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that, and realizing that you are your own source, you are your own salvation, and that channel gets really strong. And so there's that piece. And then, yeah, asking others is also strengthening your channel. But then there comes a moment where none of your strategies, tactics, practices, uh, nothing, and I mean nothing, you can do spiritually, metaphysically, or otherwise, is going to get you out of this problem. And that's a moment where you come to a deeper mystical realization that I of myself have no power. And when and it's a very potent moment because then that is where you realize that ultimate vulnerability and humility. And you then open up and ask for help. You ask the source. But now from that place, it actually expands you to the next level. Because ultimately, we have to come to the realization that we don't have a separate self or life. The branch doesn't have its own life apart from the tree. That's why Jesus said, if the branch is cut off from the tree, it withers and dies. So there is a part about having to build our branch, make it strong, make it hardy so it can carry the energy of the tree and blossom and flower and fruit. But then as we do that, there's moments where we really come to the realization that all that I am right now is not enough to overcome this. And that in that context, asking the source, asking for help, humbling ourselves before that is what takes us to the next level. So it's, it's not an either or. We, we have to move between both. And when we, when we feel like we don't want to do the inner work to get stronger and we just want to ask the source and have magical thinking, that's where, we're, that's where we're stuck in the victim role. We're still stuck in the child role and we're being called to grow up spiritually and feel what it feels like to know that we are enough, that we're strong. But as I said, there will come a time where even that isn't enough. That's really what the, you know, AA is predicated on, the 12 steps. It's the realization of those elements and aspects of your life where you truly are powerless and that there is a power bigger than everything you think you know. And when you're willing to surrender to that, that take, that's what takes you to the next level. It really dissolves a big chunk of the ego. And now you're an even bigger channel. Now you're not here just for you. Now you are here to be an instrument 
of this higher source. And that in that context, you can see what the difference is between those two things. Oh, yes. Thank you. You know, it, it, even bringing in AA and, and talking about these um, almost roadblocks at times, you, you do talk about some blind spots that we have. And then we have this, the shadow. You talk about the shadow. I'm just going to kind of um, bring those pieces in because really the work that we do on ourselves with the shadow and embracing shadow and clearing those those blind spots really helps us move to the place also that that you're talking about beyond this place where we realize we can't do this but we come into this place of of feeling um, we we become what we truly are. We become source, and we carry yes. it in a much different way. So let's just take a few minutes um, and talk about the shadow and the blind spots, because I think this is another important piece of your work that is so worthy of all of our listeners hearing. Yeah, the shadow um, is a really powerful and almost always missing piece from a lot of spiritual self-help um, circles and, you know, where it's all about positive thinking and, you know, like in the secret, it's like, don't even look at a negative appearance. Don't even look at a fat person. I think there's somewhere in there, like, because then you're attracting that. And, and it's just all a fear based thing. It's all saying, I can't be with whatever appears to me as lacking less or negative and whatever you can't be with will never let you be because what the real call is just in that premise is, is, is believing there's good and there's bad. There's God and there's something else. There's love and there's something else, which really means there's love and there's something more powerful because if love was the most powerful thing, there could not exist any other power. And that means that there could not exist any other expression, but the expression of love. And that's almost a, a syllogistic truth that is, is you can't deny it. And when you realize that you realize that thing that I think is bad or negative that I have to get rid of within me or push down into the shadows or feel judging or guilty of, what it's real it's not about that's something bad you have to get rid of. That's really a place where you don't see love, where you don't see God, and or where you don't see the truth. And the reason it's coming up is because we are on a journey to master love until all we are is love. And that's why Jesus said, Love your enemy. And then he said, The enemy is in your own household, which means it's in you. What you're seeing out there that you call bad and negative is a projection of your unintegrated power or love. And when you begin to go within and look at all those places in you that you think are bad and begin to seek to understand them and meet their legitimate needs within you, that is the action of love. And that redeems those misperceptions and reveals to you, oh, there was never anything wrong with this. I just didn't really see it. And now you're more whole and now you're a stronger channel to express that. And specifically in the area of wealth and abundance, 
we get wounded around our experience of those things in the world, the world's power. And in fact, a lot of spiritual people on a path got on the path because they were wounded by the power structures of the world. And they decided to basically deny or reject the world and retreat into their heart or their spirit. And that's a core wound, but it's also a core initiation because that was the moment because of what appeared lacking, they connected to that deeper part of them. And, but then as they go through the world, there's a reason why a lot of spiritual people are struggling, are broke. As I like to say, it's hard to be a light in the world if you can't pay your light bill. Hmm. And the, that what, why they're struggling is because of that part of themselves that they've rejected. And, um, you know, they saw somebody, you know, maybe they saw their parent who was working all the time just for money and success and they weren't around. And so they meant they got a shadow around being successful or striving or having a lot of money, or they heard in a way, you know, religious stuff like money is the root of all evil. And, or they, when they were young and they wanted something from their mommy or daddy, their mom or dad said, don't you see how busy I am? God, how selfish could you be? And there was a wound there because in that moment, that was a legitimate request. And they got the message, oh, in this world, it's, I'm, it's not okay to get my needs met. And that's bad. That's selfish. And so we build a coping mechanism. Oh, to get love and feel safe, I have to meet everybody else's needs. And you do it and it works for a while. And, but ultimately embracing that shadow means you have to look at that selfish part and fall in love with that. You have to look at that uh, successful part or striving part or whatever label you attached. You know, we think rich people and successful people, sometimes they're just self-indulgent. They're mean, they're, they don't care. They're insensitive. We, when we own and embrace our mean, greedy, selfish, and sensitive parts, what it actually does is it reconnects us to our power, to our ability to love ourselves, to meet our real needs. And we don't show up as self selfish, greedy, mean, and insensitive. We show up as powerful, self-sustaining, having authority, having respect. And then we don't have to demand respect. We command it by our presence. And as we become a model that gives others permission to have what they need. And, and that is super critical for the heart-centered, spiritually inclined individual, because almost always they have that wound. And it's also one of the reasons why we don't have really truly conscious people in positions of great power and authority in the world, because the people that are in those deep places often have rejected that. And what we really need is to re-embrace that other side of us so that we can bring this love and this light and this consciousness into every place of the world. Mm, that's a, an, a really important imperative here. As you're talking, we have so many listeners who are conscious evolutionaries on the planet, and I know they're relating to what you're talking about. And it's not to do this work for, for greed or, um, you know, having too much or hoarding. It really is about generosity and that circulation. It's like 
if we're not being our fullest expression, this light doesn't have a, a voice or hands in the world, right? Exactly. And I would yeah. even just challenge in a, in a playful way, like you were saying, it's not just, it's not that we're trying to be greedy or have too much. And I would challenge that. I would say, because that, even that statement is in a way a buffer yeah. against a shadow. Yeah. Like I got to be careful that I don't want too much or go through too much or have too much <clears throat> because that's the, the edge where you start to feel guilty, shameful, bad, unspiritual, unloving, taking too much and now others don't have enough. And that's completely false. I would challenge somebody to go into that place and embrace their too much, embrace their greedy, not, mm. not try to turn greedy into, you know, not greedy, not try to turn too much into, you know, just enough, but actually embrace the greedy and the too much. And what you'll find again is yes, you become a bigger and bigger channel of abundance. And you can give even more and more permission to others. And the fear is that I'll, that I will literally become greedy or do something hurtful. And that's the part we have to actually embrace. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you, you will not become the destructive version of that when you embrace every single part of that. I'm going to fall in love with my greedy self. I'm going to fall in love with that part of me that wants so much. I'm going to own that. I'm going to understand it. I'm going to meet its legitimate needs. And when you do, the enemy becomes an ally. And you become more integrated and whole. And you become a bigger channel. Again, what did that one master teacher, Jesus, say? I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He did not say, I've come that you may have, you know, a lot, but not too much. Don't get greedy. <laughs> you know, he was saying, I, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. There was no limits in that statement. It's a principle. And I challenge everybody to test their edge. How much are you willing to be? How much are you willing to have? How much are you willing to receive? Mm. And, you'll, and you'll find there's real limits there. And when you embrace that, you dissolve the boundaries. All of those are those separations and demarcations. As those get dissolved, there really is no limit to how much can come through you. And when more comes through you, more will come to you. And more, it's not taking a piece out of the pie. When you do that, the pie itself gets bigger. Yeah. I love that um, because, and thank you for, for correcting me and finding, finding that, that spot of saying, wait, let's be careful there because really we are to live in that abundance. So thank you for saying that. I, I want to tell you, Derek, I um, picked up this book last week um, when I hopped on the plane and I had a couple meetings here in New York and some different um, opportunities. And I literally practiced some of these techniques in the book and have had some really incredible, cool 
results. So I want to tell the listeners, you have a 40-day abundance boot camp. You have a 40-day program in here that takes them step-by-step of how to, to, to build the plan, what to do, going through their own stuff, and then developing um, that action plan that puts it into action. Can you, in like three minutes or less, talk about those 40 days? Yeah, and really quickly before that, can I tell them where they can go get the books? They can also get a bunch of bonuses, or are you going to give them that link? Yeah, I gave it right after break, and it'll be on the website. So it'll be right there, And um, but we did mention it right after break, theabundancebookprojectbook.com. So, yeah, thanks. Yeah, theabundanceprojectbook.com, and what you'll get when you go there is, you know, live support, other programs and things so that you can really – create your own abundance project and you'll be part of a mastermind with other people creating their abundance project. And it's really important so that this book doesn't just become shelf help where it's on your shelf, making your shelf look better, but that it actually becomes real results in your life. And in the 40 day boot camp, really what it is, is it puts all of this into practice and it gets you to really look at these areas not just in a spiritual way, but really looking at the numbers too and really being willing and courageous enough to get specific and to create a vision of your life. And I create several different levels of the vision of what's the vision of being in money freedom or financial freedom or abundance freedom. And beyond that, what is the vision of if you truly had all the abundance you wanted and needed? what could your life look like then? And I show you how to develop the vibration and the frequency and the integration and become the channel that is capable of that life. And in other words, as Gandhi said, I show you how to become the thing you want to see and be in the world. Mm. Thank you. And I really appreciate you bringing in the conversation about the frequency and the vibration. And earlier you mentioned the field. These are such important terms as we're evolving consciousness on the planet. So I really appreciate you grounding this book in this um, new way of being in our wholeness. So thank you, Derek. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. It's really been my honor and pleasure and uh, I really look forward to supporting anybody that goes through this work. It's, you know, really a big piece of my mission because I really believe when we're disconnected from source, that is the source of all the conflict. Mm. This is going to put an end to that war. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's one of the things I appreciate so much about this conversation is it's it's bringing that abundance conversation into what we as evolutionary leaders on the planet know to be true about source and connection and, and our wholeness and really anchoring it into the whole worldview as well. So thank you for your contributions with that. You're so welcome. And I just want to leave you with some of Derek's words here. The very nature of life is giving. That's all that life can do. Give of itself because life is already whole, complete, and infinite. It doesn't give to get anything in return, and it already has everything. And you are already whole, complete, and infinite. Remember, everything is within you. Therefore, allow the life that is within 
to flow. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie show, all things connected. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. And remember together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.